0: up and welcome back to anybody and everybody. I'm your host Herm and we have a bonus episode this weekend everyone. I was so excited to get this interview out to the world and let you guys all feast your ears on it so I needed to get it up a few days early and we're going to have two episodes dropping this week and I think we're going to start moving in that direction because we're getting a ton of interviews and a lot of great content. But This one's coming out on a Sunday night because I couldn't wait any longer. Ronnie Fernando and Mark McNeil, they are two absolute beauties. They're fantastic dudes more than anything. And I had so much fun recording this episode. We get into kind of how they uh, came along getting on the episode. And it's really fantastic. It's going to be one that you're going to want to listen to the entire thing. I know it's pretty beefy, but it's so worth every second of listening. And um, I think that you're going to be able to take a lot away from this one. But before we hop into this interview, I want to talk to you guys about Second Nine Golf. Second Nine Golf reached out to me and they wanted to sponsor the show. They hooked me up with a discount code for everyone. And I've got it here for you. So if you are into golf, whether it's the Sunday golfer, the scratch golfer, the guy in between, we have a, something for you on discount. No, not discount. Second9golf.com. That's S-E-C-O-N-D number nine golf dot com. And at checkout, use code HERM15 for 15% off your order. And these guys are beauties. They're from Augusta, Georgia. They make some of the best golf apparel in the industry, and they're up and coming. I love working with them. They're fantastic, and they have some great, great merchandise that you need to go check out. So before the end of this episode, while you're listening to the episode, make sure you check out SecondNineGolf.com and use code HERM15, but I won't hold you up any further. Here they are, Mark McNeil and Ronnie Fernando. Hey fellas you are the first time I've ever had two guests on one show which really excites me but even more so Ron reaches out to me last week and as many of you guys know Ron and uh, Mark are both professional lacrosse players which seems to be a very common occurrence on this show and a lot of th- the big thing about anybody and everybody is that I started the show to kind of get away from lacrosse however everyone who wanted to come on the show happened to be in the lacrosse community but Ron reaches out and he goes man i and this is how I perceive this isn't actually what he said he goes man I might be a professional lacrosse player but I want to talk about everything except lacrosse on this episode which absolutely fired me up and uh, you can correct me if I'm very wrong with that statement but but how are you
1: doing guys good man good no you're not wrong there I was like I love talking lacrosse and and chatting stories uh, sports stories but my idea I wanted to talk about what you know everyone does outside of lacrosse you don't hear about that much often you just hear about people training and and, and kind of playing and them in the sport, but you don't really hear much about what makes them, you know, outside of lacrosse. Cause as you know, anyone can attest, it's not like we make a lot of money doing it. You know, we do it cause we love it, but what else do we love to do? Right. You know, so that was, you know, that was, that was the huge kind of, kind of spur of the idea. Certainly. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm doing
2: well. Um, you know, thanks for having me, having us. Um, yeah kind of like Ron, Ron hit me up and was just, Hey,
1: oh man. Um. I was like, I was like, like, I'm going to talk to her about, about literally like so many things that are on like that people deal with right now. Like, like, let's talk about like reality. Let's talk about aliens. Let's talk about Bigfoot. Let's talk about stuff that people are afraid to touch, but love talking about, you know, let's, let's, I'm like, Mark, you, you love like talking about like the existential stuff let's uh and and i kind of like your travels and and i kind of like the way your what what shapes your mind and your thought like let's do this together let's it'll be fun you know let's take our our chats outside of the uh the coffee table and practice field and take it up to the uh to the uh, podcast sphere well
0: you know what's so funny to me is you send me a message and you go well can uh mark mcneil from the pll come on the show too and i'm like whoo this is how this is how freaking like traumatized I am from lacrosse Twitter I'm like MLL PLL crossover right here we got guys from each league there might be a big issue on the table and I was for some reason that's the first thing my mind goes to and it's like I think that one of the things I try and do on the show as often as possible, and when I get like pros like you guys on, is just humanize you guys. I mean, like, I think that oftentimes we get caught up in like the hustle and bustle of recognizing that you're professional athletes, which is so awesome and admirable and badass but it's like people forget like you're just normal dudes who like to talk about real things and have a great conversation. So I think that's one of the things that like absolutely just fired me up. But it's it's so wild that like we've come to this point where there's like a stigma in the fact that you guys play in two different leagues that like that was the first thing that came to my mind. But it's, it's true. It, and I do before we get into like the deep, deep stuff. What what is your what are your backgrounds like? I mean, how did each of you guys get started and get to the point where you're at now? And it was, was it a uh, deep journey that both of you guys took? And I know, Ronnie, I mean, your story is badass. You played for literally every MLL team this year.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, a half, of, a quarter of them.
0: <laughs> Something funny. along
1: those that right? Yeah, yeah. But You know, me and Mark have two different backgrounds and two different stories. Uh, and it's great uh, just being able to see perspective and, and how things are. So I'll, I'll let Mark go first. Yeah, and actually, I
2: think it's really interesting about, uh, like, the MLL-PLL thing. Uh, but because me and Ron actually trained a lot together. Uh, before both of our seasons. So, yeah. like, you know, kind of like the, you know, Ron's different story of lacrosse and my different story of lacrosse. And it's kind of like, you know, it kind of all came together. Uh, but, yeah, so, like, I'm, uh, I'm from Annapolis, Maryland. Uh, so, you your product of your environment, that's just like the, the sport, to, that's just a sport to play. Everyone and their mother plays lacrosse, right? And uh, I started playing when I was about, you know, five or six. And uh, just because my brothers and neighbors needed an extra person. Um, but like, since then, like, I've just fallen in love with it growing up. I played basketball and football as well. Um, but I remember in high school, I went to St. Mary's, Minneapolis, like, um, in had to say it, you know, best, league. <laughs> you That's, get it best out high there. school league in the country, but you know, I do <laughs> uh, but yeah. So, uh, I remember like I first started, uh, high school, I actually like begged my parents, like, Hey, like I don't even want to play football and basketball. Like, let me just play lacrosse, right? So I was just like a lax rat, like just 10 out of 10 lax rat, you know? Uh, But and I think it's funny, like I stuck with football and ended up playing uh, football and lacrosse at both UNC. And then after that, ended up MLL, playing Bayhawks a little bit, went to the launch, and then, uh, yeah, PLL started. I'm with the archers. I love how
0: subtle you just go. I played football (laughs) and lacrosse at UNC.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Me, me and Mark have been playing and like messing around for so <laughs> long, and I didn't even know that he played football there until he posted something on Instagram. Like it was like the start of the season, and he like posted like, "All right, that's a that's a silent drop right there."
0: Yeah. he like playing football?
2: Uh, I was a receiver. I played receiver. Um, yeah, but like you know, mainly special teams. Got got some reps every you know, few reps a game. It was good What's time. it
0: like getting hit in D one football? I've always mm-hmm. wondered this.
2: You know what? So, like, I've actually – the hardest I've ever been hit was in practice. Mm-hmm. And, like, because I was a receiver, like, you don't – I don't know. I didn't see it coming, right? It was like a kind of like a boom. And it's kind of just a shock. It's really nothing like uh, – not as bad as you would think.
0: No worse than getting blindsided on the crossfield, field, that's for sure, I'm sure.
2: Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you that.
0: Any less pads.
1: Yeah, way less pads.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what, have you, what about you, Ronnie?
1: Yeah, it's uh, quite, quite different. Um,
0: you didn't play no, two sports at a big I, major dude,
1: D1 school? No, you know, definitely did not. Never even attended at D1 school. That's, that's the funny thing. Unless they are talking like D1 MCLA, then that, that, that I did. But uh, no, you know, it's, I, I didn't pick up lacrosse until I was in eighth grade in middle school. And um, a lot of my buddies, I, it's funny because I was friends with these kids for so long. I never even knew they played the sport of lacrosse. And they had been playing uh, for a couple years at the time and this was like in the early 2000 like 2001 2002 and uh it just started like getting big in california and uh you know growing up in orange county you just played basketball or water polo or or you were surfing or or football or something like that and i didn't think we're in
0: a niche niche sport you just brought up as normal sport being water
1: polo (laughs) yeah (laughs) in california like (laughs) water polo is a normal sport like that's the biggest sport. Surfing is a sport. You you, mm-hmm. you instead of like uh, instead of playing football, like you go to the beach every day and you surf competitively against other high schools, um, and then you do things like uh, they have. I did not have ice hockey, but they had roller hockey, mm-hmm. right? Um, but when I was playing in high school, it wasn't even a varsity sport at the high school at the time yet. It was just a technically it was like a club sport. Um, some schools were CIF, which is like Cal- the California entered Scholastic Federation of Athletes or whatever, um, and Cal, uh, in Orange County, it wasn't recognized yet. It was only really in Northern California uh, it was. But you know, I played at the club level for a little bit in high school. Uh, I was lucky enough to play on a, or at a high school. We had some great coaches uh, where it was actually very competitive. We won a state championship my senior year, and that was that was awesome and huge. But I never even expected to go to college um, to play sports. You know, I was just going to go to uh, community college um, and play or, or uh, play football. Actually, I was, I was going to go play football at community college, um, which I did, um, for a little bit, but that wasn't until later on. Um, uh, but I took a couple years off of, uh, sports and school and went to, and worked full time and got, I got became a big guy. Man, I, I think part of my story I wouldn't know so much is that I was like almost 340 pounds in my life. Um, really? Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, I wanted to change something, Uh, in my life. So I quit working full time at my office job in real estate. And uh, I wanted to find a way to get back into, you know, into sports and get myself healthy again. Um, And lacrosse wasn't big out there. It wasn't anything I can do unless I was playing men's club. Um, So I decided I wanted to play football and that would help me, uh, you know, lose some weight, get athletic again and, and go through, you know, start my journey. So I did that. And it's funny. We talk about, you know, D1 athletes and all that stuff like that. I actually ended up. I was playing, you know, you a lot of where I played at Saddleback. There's a lot of D1 transfers that go and play D1. Um, and I played with. Uh, I don't know if you're uh, familiar with Kyle Long. Um, he played with the Bears. Uh, his dad's Howie Long, right? Oh, um,
0: oh, he's related to Chris Long.
1: Yeah, he's related. Really, That's the whole brother. family. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, the whole family. I played with him at Saddleback, and he was a big lacrosse guy too. And when I, I you know, I was a big guy. He's like, Oh, you played lacrosse? You're all American? I was like, Yeah. He's like. No, you couldn't be. Like you're, you know, you're this, or this, and this. But he's from the East Coast. You know, He went to uh, Stab in Virginia, I think mm-hmm. it was, and uh, played. He was an All-American defenseman and just having, sharing stories there. Like, man, I wish I could just get back into lacrosse. And I kid you not, going into uh, spring semester at the community college before my first year of uh, actually playing football, uh, or not spring, the fall semester, um, I got a call from a school in at Adams State in Colorado saying, hey, Ron, you want to come play lacrosse? Like, we need a goalie. We're a first-year Division II program. We really want to play. I want you to come play. I said, yeah. Dropped everything. I'm like, lacrosse, Colorado, let's go. Um, But that's where it all started, getting back into shape and playing. And I ended up stopping playing there and uh, getting my degree because I needed to get it and get out of there. And then my old friend who I played with in high school was the head coach of Concordia at the MCLA school. He's like, hey, I know you have two years of eligibility. I'll have to come play. Went and played there uh for two years in MCLA and uh when I was done, uh, you know, I I was playing the best lacrosse I could play at the time. And my buddy Newt Cross, who played for the uh Outlaws, was like, Ron, you're moving to Maryland after the season. You might as well just try out for some teams. So I tried out and I was lucky enough to to land a spot with the uh the Ohio machine um for a little bit and just kind of sat on the practice roster. And that's kind of you know where I've been in and out of the practice rosters and drafted with Atlanta. Um, got released there. Then Tom Mariano gave me an opportunity with uh, the launch at the end of that year um, in 2018. And then had to take 2019 off after the contraction, uh, which was really tough for everyone. But, you know, going into uh, 2020, I was, you know, supposed to have another opportunity to play with the Bayhawks uh, with Tom Mariano again, um, getting ready to go through all that. And then, you know, boom, COVID hit. And that's when the league's like, you know, he's like, you know, we can't bring you on. We have to stick to this. And the league reaches out and said, hey, we need an emergency backup goalie. Do you want to be the guy? So, yeah, let's do that. And I was lucky enough to, uh, to play in two games, and that was great.
0: Holy shit. I'm just sitting here trying to process that whole story, man. It's a um,
1: That's not even all of it. I mean, it's a huge thing for another day, but, you know, that's how I got playing. And, yeah, it wasn't like any other typical route. I just picked up a stick and was, like, trying to figure it all out myself. I learned playing goalie just by watching videos online. You know, yeah, so that's, that's all it so was. So what
2: I found out today,
1: Ron is
2: way more exciting and cooler than I am. So uh,
0: I mean, I disagree. You,
2: you <laughs> both have very
0: different paths to professionalism, <laughs> professional sports, but both are sick. I mean, you you both have stories that people. Well, Ron's is like inspirational. You grinded the shit out. Not that yours is not, Mark. But yeah. it's like you grinded through everything, lost all that weight, went to three, was two, three, three different colleges
1: Two, yeah, technically three colleges. Yeah,
0: three yeah. colleges and got there. But then, Mark, you were at UNC, which is like every kid's dream growing up. Right. You see the Mark or the Michael Jordan uh, clips. You see the UNC uniforms that are just iconic, you know, all of the things that people dream of. So, I mean, both have crazy great stories. That's, that's so rad, though. Holy shit. What a what a mixture of diversity we have here i mean i was a freaking college baseball player who studied english and was the got cut because i well then i didn't get cut because of it but I, the coach hated me because i had tattoos and i was vegan at the time like it's like there's so many different you know facets of life just coming in the blend right here but which is beautiful it's one of the most amazing things that i love about it but so when then would you say your kind of interest in like philosophy reality deeper things in life kind of took charge and you started thinking more existentially versus just reality and what's put in front of you
1: for me um it goes back to my family my uh my my dad's side of the family he's uh he's Indian uh they came my dad came to the United States when he was like 10 years old um and my grandfather he was a pastor um in the in the Christian church uh my grandma and my grandpa both were uh were in that they did they held crusades in the church and and I grew up in church and learning about, you know, um, you know, every, you know, all the different Christian beliefs and aspects of that. Um, and I've, and I've you know, heard stories from my dad about the stuff that my grandpa used to do. Um, he used to go on crusades where he would stre- spread Christianity in India, uh, in, in a world full of Hinduism where people would be killed when they spread, you know, Christianity. And he was telling me how he's seen some stuff. Like he's literally seen some shit. Like he's seen people like start breaking out in tongues and start talking and, 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 people who would be perceived as being possessed and speaking these weird languages and my grandpa like touching their forehead and doing all these things and praying and next thing you know like they're healed there they can see it whatever it is um and kind of like him seeing like the dark side of all that makes me think that like you know if there's this amazing there's this light there's a dark and that dark like where does that lie within like the realm of reality and what, you know, is perceived through the human consciousness and mind. And that really got me when I, you know, got into college, I'm like, there's, oh, there's these psychology courses, there's philosophy courses. I want to take that because I want to know more about what life is um, and what surrounds us every single day. And um, the first words I heard going into uh, my first philosophy class at junior college were uh, the words of Descartes, um, I probably butchered his last name, uh, but Cogito <laughs> Ergo, yeah. Descartes, yeah, Descartes, maybe, isn't it just Descartes? Uh, I, uh, Cogito Ergo Sub is Latin for I think, therefore I am, right? And that kind of brings up, like, what does it mean to think? What does it mean to be, right? And like, I love that thought process so much. I have I have it actually tattooed on my collarbone. So every time I look in the mirror, I I read it. I'm like, I think, therefore I am. Like, I'm here, I'm living in it. But what is this, right? And then you know, reading so many different things just gets you questioning everything.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would kind of say like similar, Um, just like reading, reading and just like, just I'm a pretty curious person. And then um, just like growing up, my parents just like made us read, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So we were just like reading more of so like, you know, more of like Langston Hughes and like authors of like the civil rights era. But like, you know, kind of like through that forced reading, like, you know, at the time, right at the time, it's kind of just like, (laughs) oh, This it sucks, but um, it kind of built my curiosity just about the world and just like about like perspective yeah. and then just going to going to school and going to college and just kind of Annapolis is a pretty small place. You know, it's 40,000 people, small town, but just going to like uh, college and like experiencing different people, different cultures, different perspectives. And it's kind of just kind of have you thinking um, just about kind of like life. What is it? What is it to think? What is it to be? Uh, it's kind of identity, I think is really yeah,
1: and that's huge. I think because you you know it's huge. You see, you say perspective, right? And what is perspective? It's it's you know it's it's the views and thoughts through the lens of the other person, right? And what the other person has to say. And and when you when you take yourself, you have to take you literally have to take your mind out of yourself for a second and say, hey, the person I'm talking to is also another living, breathing human being with a mind of their own, and it's not the same as mine how does that mind work what goes into that mind and and learning those different things you come to find out that the reality around us is only as far as your own mind and everybody has their own mind so they perceive reality completely different
0: right but with that expansion of the mind this is actually funny i got posed this question a couple episodes ago by this guy nate and he he said do you think that we can ever stop learning and to that i would say no because you can constantly be learning in subsequent ways. But if you're perceiving everything differently, then are you learning from the things that you're perceiving? Or is that the reality that's placed in front of you that you Mm -hmm. just are kind of understanding after a certain level? I think it's
1: that that second, I like that that second part, right? mm -hmm. Because we continue to learn, but if you teach, you know, you going into like certain things that are going on right now, right? like whether it's you know social you know social um social justice issues right you can teach so much of what's happening but if you're looking at the lens to perspective you're going to learn two different things right mm-hmm. and i think that's kind of goes hand in hand in, in what you're saying there like we're not going to learn the same thing
0: right but would that alter your view of reality then
1: yeah totally mhm yeah Martin, so- it would definitely alter
2: your view of reality yeah yeah, yeah
0: one of the one of the interesting things for me is like, if you're constantly altering your view of reality, however, how many different views then do we take in throughout a lifetime, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, and then what then is reality? I mean, is there actually a reality? Probably not. I I probably I would, I would take that uh, opinion on it. But I mean, I'm, I mean, we're constantly educating ourselves and such. So why not allow it to kind of just be seen in many different realities.
1: I think might have made no
0: sense. I just talked to no, no. You're
1: fine. I think you can take the word reality and replace it with something like, um, what were we talking about earlier? Take reality and replace it with the word um, Emily Dickinson. Emily Dickinson. Yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> program. No program. Right. Program. Reality is reality. A program. Right. Mm-hmm. Like what is like reality is just a word that's given to something we don't understand. Right. Like like most words, it's, it's a word, it's something that gives something we don't understand in context and that's what words are. That's how it words, you know, how get, they get meaning. Um, and it goes into kind of what you're saying, right? I've had so many, so many different experiences that made me question personally, the figment of reality and, and, and how it's perceived through my own lens. Like, I think it very well could be a program. Like I remember, um, going back to most recently, it was, it was, it was about a year and a half ago, two years ago, I was laying down or I was, I woke up about six o'clock in the morning, had some coffee and I was doing work and, uh, I started to doze off and I fell asleep on the couch and I woke up and I woke up to somebody going, um, into my bedroom and I thought my fiance was there I thought she had just because she had left to, to, to work already. And I thought she woke up. I thought she was still in the bedroom. So I got up to go to the bedroom and I didn't find what I was looking for. And I started blinking my eyes and I found it hard to open my eyes. And I finally opened up and in front of me, it looked like when you um, hit an old like Sega Genesis or Nintendo and it gets very glitchy and it <laughs> glitches out. And I woke up on the couch again, right in the same spot. And I was like, okay, this is weird. And then I go to get up and I walk over to the kitchen and then I find it hard to open my eyes and then boom, it glitched out again. And I woke up on the couch and I had two false awakenings and I kid you not the moment of me sitting here talking to you guys is the same exact feeling as it was when I woke up those two times and it haunts me to this day. Like, what the heck was that feeling? Like, what was that? And I, and from all the stuff that I've gone through and read about, it's like, maybe that's just the programming like resetting itself to the next course that you're supposed to be on that glitched out and now we got to reset to where you're at
0: right so the nap kind of took you into that alternate maybe called reality or I no mean, it a waking experience
1: yeah just waking up i wasn't maybe wasn't supposed to wake up the coffee did something to my drinking coffee like the body goes to sleep but the it's mind the doesn't what now was it the coffee that's the thing <laughs> that's the thing no totally <laughs> and it, Those mind expanding, like people don't understand that caffeine is a huge like expander and mind enhancing drug when used in a certain way because your body, right? Your body is tired. It'll fall asleep, but the caffeine keeps your mind running and awake, right? So your body can be put in a state where your mind, uh, it's easier to, what's, what's the word, um, have, um, lucid, lucid dream, right? right? You can dream and experience your dreams mentally. You're awake, but your body's asleep. And going into the, that kind of thing, having the, a, real, a reality glitch to wake up in the same reality, like, what was that, you know?
0: I would almost make the argument that I, now I'm on cup number six of the day of coffee, that <laughs> I might just always be asleep, but my mind is what's running. Yeah. It's like, I could be in a full-on rest, slumber, for years at a time, maybe. And yeah. the caffeine is just continuing to run my body.
1: Inception. Yeah, yeah. Inception. 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 Exactly. Inception. Inception,
0: yeah.
2: Now, yeah, I would just like to say, like, you guys missed my joke. Oh, what? a pot joke, and you know, like the coffee. I thought you. Guys oh, 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 that oh, went right, that right over my head. head. Right I don't know watched that one. Yeah, I'm, I'm not as funny as I think I am. Like, <laughs> no, I
1: thought, casual, I thought it was just a casual. I thought it was a casual piece. I thought it was just a casual piece of information. They're like, oh yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, but like. <clears throat> that go like it makes you think because like we were talking about authors earlier you know before mm-hmm. we hopped on here what we were reading and my favorite author is philip k dick i'm not sure if you're aware of philip k dick and who he is um but he is a non or uh science fiction or non-fiction writer no science fiction writer and um he's he created the books uh, which are a lot of movies like the matrix um blade runner mm-hmm. uh, what else um Oh my gosh. My, um, uh, minority report. And what's, I forget. Um, Oh man. In, either way. Anyways. Oh, uh, man of the high castle. Right. Oh yes. yes, of yes high castle. Is- the alternate reality of what happened if, um, you know, Germany and, and, and Japan won world war two. Right. Right. But he, and a lot of people don't understand this or realize this, but as an author, he had schizophrenia. He was schizophrenic. Um and a lot of the books that he wrote were written to the perception of a schizophrenic self and not himself as a as a conscious aware being. Right. Wow. So it, go
2: ahead. Yeah, you no, know, I think that's really interesting. Like um, I know you guys are like big readers. I'm kind of a fake reader, but like um
1: <laughs> No me too. Hundred
2: Years of Solitude.
1: Uh-huh. It's kinda of
2: like, you know, have you read that? Yeah. No, I haven't. Yeah, so, Tell me about it. So yeah, I was like, it, it's by uh, I'm sorry, I don't know, but uh Gabriel Garcia Marquez um, but yeah, in that mo- in that book it's just like kind of what we're talking about, like what is like reality it, what is in the way he writes uh, herm, I know you know you're the uh, you're the book guy um, uh, I, like the I'm, magic-
0: a, I'm also a fake reader actually. I do this thing <laughs> this is, this is this is where the professional English major in me comes out right I am Spark able notes. to look through a chapter read like the first two pages and the last two pages skim the middle and figure out what's happening. Stop. I don't oh, do it like okay. philosophy, but like everything else okay, I yeah. do, it's pretty, yeah, it's pretty common for me. Dude,
1: I don't, Dude, even, I don't even, I don't even read, like, I don't read novels. I can't read novels. Right. Cause to me, I, I don't, I like to expand my mind. So I, a lot of stuff I read are like, are, are like informational kind of things. Um, Uh, like um like science-based research kind of stuff because that just Mm -hmm. i don't know but i think philip is the only novel writer i read yeah
2: dang smart guy ron has no i'm not that smart of a guy
1: (laughs) i i I, I would disagree with that i i I pick one thing and i like i want to learn more about it and that's i get crazy in over talking and like over sharing about stuff because i get so excited and i'm so passionate about it
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll do the same thing it'll be like a Thanksgiving meal or something and I just read like this really brilliant article about like um, the education system that we're trying to develop in this country and it's based on this awesome Socratic method that nobody's ever tried before and I'll be talking about it and people are just like Alex can you shut the hell up like <laughs> we do not care at all but no it, it's true um to that point though I would say that um there's, well, actually, I want to make two points. One, Ron, you are smart. Um, don't, don't say that you you're bringing a ton to the table right here. But two, it's this idea that, um, you know, you can never uh, find that that actual like ending of your education with this right Mm -hmm. like you you're never going to find that thing that you're searching for because there will always be the next thing it's like the gambler's code right you'll never be done gambling because you're always searching to break even but if you can never break even you're never going to get there and it's similar with the idea of reality and expanding the mind Mm -hmm.
2: right i feel like the more you learn right and the hope is that you learn throughout your life the more you learn i think like the more realities like you know the the different realities that you experience, right? I feel like learning just alters your perception. Yeah.
0: Would you guys say that you're the types to, so I've kind of broken this down recently. There's two types of people in my mind, and this is only one very small facet of your life. Are you the type that you would like to educate yourself and just stay in school for the rest of your life and just constantly be learning and taking in classes or get it done with education as quick as possible and kind of get into what they call the real world and like working and doing, like, let's say like finances are no, like op, like you're, they're not an issue. You don't have to pay for it, your education. You just get to choose one or the other and you don't have to worry about the burden of having to work. Would you continue to educate yourselves through uh, the structure of class or just kind of get into life and uh, reality as people call it?
1: Uh, for me personally, being in the education system, uh, I would go for the later um, get out of my education because the way the education system is set up, it's not, it's set in a, uh, it's set in this uh, our, like a, pre-made cookie cutter um, structure, right? And they, they it's all um, theory, but no practice. Mm-hmm. And it's not until you get outside in the real world, is when you get to assert that theory into practice and then you find out that that theory is completely wrong because it's outdated, Mm -hmm. right? And that, you know, being an MBA student or, you know, receiving my MBA, being a business student or business major, I got out of college, but then the stuff that they taught me was outdated by the time I got out and employers are trying to employ someone with certain skills that wasn't even taught in college, and it's all practice based and not theory based. You know, you can only get so far. So you have to have to continue to learn more about that. But you know, I think the real learning comes from the way we learn as people. Cause we all learn differently.
2: Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to go with, um, I would just stay in school and learn. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm a pretty curious person. So like, I love like say history, uh, especially like military history and like, you know, as we know, like history is, there's, I don't know, there's just so much history that I could be studying um, in, in college and throughout my whole life. I can never, you can never know um, enough. So I would, I would choose that. Um, nice. Yeah. Cause I also feel like, I don't know the real world I, I've been trying to avoid the real world as much as possible, um, <laughs> but <laughs> as much as possible. So, you know, uh, long live lacrosse uh, but it's tough because say you worked as nine to five and, you know, you're making fabulous money say you're in finance, which is like great, but like you really don't necessarily have the time to do what you want to do. So like, I find like there's this balance between like, yeah, like having all your like financial needs and uh, wants met, but also like having all like your say, like, I don't know, like your life or like your life needs, you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. Cause as I found, um, I was working mortgages, and as I found out, yeah, I was, like, making money. I was finally, you know, I yeah, had my nine-to-five job, but, like, I didn't have time to do the, the stuff that I wanted to do. And, you know, once I quit that, you know, everyone was very, like, upset, you know, mom and dad. Uh, but um, since then, I've, like, been able to, like, live my life a bit more, you
1: know, have mm-hmm.
2: more yeah, I, enjoyment.
0: I've recently fallen into this weird category where I would have considered myself somebody who wanted to continue my education, just always being – Like learning constantly, reading books, writing papers. I love doing that shit. But then, well, like we talked about right before we got started here, Mark, we were talking about travel. It's Mm -hmm. like I've learned more in the traveling that I've done in the last five years uh, to different countries, to this country, you know, all over the world and than I'll ever learn in a classroom. So Mm -hmm. I kind of have become recently one of these people who's like, you know what? I would get out of education and I would just travel. I would just see the world because that's how I've really taken in most of the education that I would say is very useful to expanding my life each day.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, let me, let me just stop you right there for a second. When I, when I was, (laughs) when I was saying, I was giving my piece, I wasn't talking about you getting out of school and just like going straight into work. I was talking about like getting out of school, uh, you know, based off of whatever you're learning. So you can get out and learn more because you can't learn as much as you want. You can only you're limited to your learning in school, right? It's not until you get out of school when you get to learn more and expand the different different viewpoints. Because when you're you know when you're depending on what college you go to, right? You can learn whatever that college wants you to learn, right? And that's how it is. But you might want to learn something different. But you got to get out of school because that's what's going to help you, you know, get a job. But once you get in the real world, you you're able to start thinking for yourself a little more. And being able to discover what you want to discover that the school is not telling you to kind of think about, right? So that's what I was kind of talking about. You get to take the leash off of how you learn and what you want to learn and discover. And it, yeah, so and- I thought we had
2: a either you know nine to five
1: ah. for the rest of your life you have to do
2: that or um, yeah you know, or just education. But yeah, I would definitely yeah, change that kind of. I don't know. That's kind of what I've been doing the last couple of years. Yeah. We're so throwing
1: yours at the window, Herm, you're, you're, what you were talking about. And we're telling you, this is what we're doing. We're getting out of school. We're traveling. and <laughs> learning.
0: No, that's what I would want to do. So you're you, got right. that,
1: you got that kids get of school as fast as you can and go <laughs> travel and learn and think for yourself.
0: Actually, no, I'm a big advocate for that. <laughs> like, yeah, me actually, too. like I, I have recently, now that I'm a college graduate, and I'm about uh, $80,000 in debt. I, <laughs> I would suggest, Anybody who is graduating high school, take a year off, man. Travel. See, like, I didn't know anything about myself until well into my college career. I thought I was going to be this businessman who played four years of a college sport, was more of a straight edge dude, and come to find out that's not me at all. I had this kind of crazy experience working on an oyster farm one summer where we – did naked yoga on the porch and did like all this hippy dippy stuff. And I realized like, wow, there's so much more to life than being a business dude who works a nine to five and everything. And it was almost like a hallucinogenic experience. Like working on that oyster farms days when you're out there for like six hours, sun's beating down on you. It's almost biblical. Like where you're just like out there and it feels like hell is like over you. And you're just kind of experiencing this crazy world because you're out on the water, where nobody else is around you and you're all alone and you're, but you're also connected with nature in this weird, fascinating way where your feet are like in the sand all day and you're catering to these oysters. It was, it was really something else, but no, I I think that you need that time in your life. I mean, who, who the hell was the one who developed this idea that like, let's just take all these 18 and 19 year olds and let's make them make their biggest life decision right now in life. You know, this is the, this is the best time for them to do it.
1: It goes back to philosophy and thinking that, you know, the thought of that or powers wanting to control society, right? You think about it and you talk about, you know, now all these kids are going to school, right? It it stopped being the top 1% going to school and it's allowing so many other people to get into school. But now all these people are slaved to loans and debts and you're working how many, you know, 40 hours a, a week just to be able to pay back that debt that on average it's taking people almost... 15, 20 years, something that's supposed to help you pay, be paid off in 10, right? But you're mm-hmm. working while, you know, a lot of people can't even afford, you can't, your job can't afford you to be able to make those payments. So you're stuck working in this labor force to pay minimal while that interest is building and you're, you're stuck working, right? You're being, it's like a control, right? That's what I think. I mean, it could, I mean, I, I mean, I don't think that it's what was planned, but that's what it turned into. And now you're, you know, you're kind of controlled and you can't go out and do those things, right? Like you enjoyed going out and that opens up perspective. It opens up, it frees you from your mind constraint and working a nine to five and you get to experience what it's like to feel the earth and feel the sun and feel the warmth. You're stuck in a box, in a cube, inside, no light, no sun. That's all it is. Oh man. It sounds dark, but it's dark. I've been there before, man. I've seen it. And I needed to get the hell out of it, you know? Mm -hmm. So, but it goes to what you're saying, Herm, being outside, it's, it was like, you know, being free from those, those different thoughts allows you to think more intrinsically, right? And allows you to to perceive inside yourself and reflect your inside to the outside and outside in, you know, it goes to panpsychism. Everything's alive around us, right? More natural, you know, something is the more alive it is, and that consciousness is connecting to you. So you you connected with those what what what, what were you working with outside? Oysters. Yeah, you're connected with those oysters on a on a whole another psychological psychological level, but they're about to go get eaten now.
0: I know. So how
1: was your like journey to how'd you end up there?
0: Well it was a funny story. So I my family we have family friends, this architect guy, um fuck what was his name. Um David uh Dave Whatever his name was, David, dude, he was. So the oyster farm we just had Hurricane Sandy, right, and that came through, hit us really hard. But it moved all of the sand banks that were under the water. So to see the oysters, you have to go out there on low tide when the water's pushed this way. But with when low tide gets shifted because of the sand and everything, you have to reconstruct your oyster farm basically. So he was in the process of reconstructing his oyster farm. Super small business. And they needed hands. They just needed people to be out there and helping and doing that sort of stuff. So I get hooked up with it. it. turns out that it's an awesome gig. It's for someone who's home for the summer from college. You get paid really, really well. You get to live in an oyster house or the house that's like right there on the farm, on the water. It's gorgeous. And we have just interns coming in each and every week. And they're all great people. Everyone, everyone who interned on that farm was like very, very... Um, I guess you could say granola so like everyone was vegan like everyone was you know very much reading philosophy I was reading like at the time I was kind of also going through this existential crisis at my time where I'm reading like on the road and I'm like I'm gonna go live in a van you know and just travel around the country and do absolutely nothing but like understand the world and read philosophy and write and so I'm out there and I'm working. And so I get hooked up with it. I'm just out there each and every day. And the thing is like, you're working at the low tide. So you could be working from 4 a.m. to 9 a.m. and Or you could be working from 6 p.m. until midnight. It changes every day. So you're just out there. And I, I get to the point where I'm working every day and I become like the manager of the farm and everything. We're bringing in these interns. And then it's just like, you, you take the time to really appreciate that gig. I mean, I think that if there was something that, I could say that was like the coolest thing I've ever done. It might even be working on that oyster farm because I mean, how many people, first of all, can say they've ever had that experience? But secondly, it's just like that that summer truly changed the direction, the pathway of my life. It was almost as though like I, I had something similar actually to Ronnie here where it's like I went out there one day, worked my ass off. This was before I even took the good job. It was really just to help. And I fell asleep that night. I woke up the next morning, I'm like, shit, I need to keep getting out there. And although I don't think I had that weird glitch in my life where I couldn't blink or anything along those lines, it was like, I just felt like this weird, like, uh, I guess you could call it a pull, like some kind of uh, force field or something pulling me into that, that realm. So I ended up just asking if I could get a gig and took the job and it was a great time it was fantastic i would i wouldn't trade that for the world you get to drink beer while you work and you know eat oysters if you're into that i'm, I'm not much of an oyster guy myself but
1: you know it, it was fun it was a hoot mark tell yeah. us about your trips last year
2: so, like, kind of, um, yeah, my trips last year, uh, they were a they were really good time. Um, but I got to have a really similar experience to that. Um, the first time, like, uh, I've ever went out of the country. Uh, but before then, I have just was got, got into some reading, like, reading about, like, history. I love reading about history, <clears throat> military history, like, about different places. Geography comes up. And I'm just, like, you know, realize, like, wow, like, I've never been out of the country. Is this it? Like, is Annapolis it? Like, how, you know, right now, my reality is Annapolis at that, at that time. Um, so I just bought a one-way ticket to Guatemala. Uh, um, oh, wow. no, no, no one there. Uh, but I was just like, you know, I was kind of young and I was headstrong. I was going to figure it out, end up staying 13 months in Latin America. And, um, but I just, I know exactly what you, what you're saying. There's just like, sometimes just, yeah, you just get this sense that you got to go. You just got to go, You got to do yeah. it. I need
0: that sense though, in my life right now. Like, I don't know, I don't know if it's Guatemala or wherever it is, but I need that sense where I just get a one way ticket. I mean, COVID obviously has different plans. It's so true. Once you leave the States and this is, this is one of my, I don't know if it's an issue. I have, I have a lot of issues with this, like the system that we live in, but as Americans we're taught that like America's the greatest place ever, you know, America's this America's that you can't get anything that you can get here anywhere else. Then you get to leave the country and you're like, shit, I can get everything and more. Many yeah. other places in this world, and so like I think that's one of my biggest issues. Like the education system, I guess, is like we teach this idea of history and reality to kids each and every day. That's just so false. It's just not true at all. Mm-hmm. And um, I, my yeah, get out of the country. But that, that's yeah. sick. Dude. What what did you do when you got to Guatemala?
2: uh So when I got to Guatemala, I ended up living with a host family, um, and I ended up taking Spanish lessons. So I was living the I was living a host family in uh, in Xelo, Guatemala. And um, I was there living with them in total probably five months. I was taking Spanish every day, like about four hours a day. And I was uh, taking salsa lessons. So oh, shit. Just, that's yeah, so sick. I was just, I was just living. Um, how old were you at the time? I was, this was 2016. So, I remember I was playing Lax and I just said like, yo, I just got to roll. So, I remember like that's the whole season. So, how old How old was I? I was like 23.
0: Yeah. Three?
2: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It was just such a good. life-changing e- experience. And like since then I've like I'm a big advocate of just getting out as often as long as you can and like that's what I do now or try to do now.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. What if what if you were like a a famous what if you're like an explorer in a past life? I thought yeah. about that.
2: Yeah, that would be I I couldn't even imagine that. Um just even kind of the the, the nervousness I get with even like taking a flight to a PLL game or something, or like you know, going to a new place. Just imagine, like you know, sailing to some you know distant place that you may think is there, but you're not exactly sure. Oh, <laughs> it's 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 you know, I can yeah, it's just wild, it blows my mind.
0: Do you say you get nervous to fly for like PLL games and stuff? I,
2: I yeah, I just get kind of I get flying is not comfortable, necessarily comfortable for me. And the thing is, I absolutely love like traveling and going to see the world. So it's a necessary thing in my life.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, mm-hmm. but and I understand how safe it is, like da da da, all that. But it's just I don't know, maybe it's
1: a, a control thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, totally. You don't have control. It's unnatural. Like humans aren't meant to fly. And it's no. just one of those weird things. <laughs> it's one of those weird things. Like I hate flying. Like I like I like there was a time where I really enjoyed it. But now I really hate it. And if I have to fly, I'm not going. I'm like John Madden. Give me a bus. I'm I'm busing there
0: is that right wow yeah, i guess I that makes me the outlier here i've never been affected by flying um there was actually the the one time i've ever thought like maybe i don't want to get on another plane was coming out to pll denver that first season and uh, uh it was me and alex mcintyre the photographer and um we are taking uh, what's that cheap airlines that flies out of trenton it's um
1: spirit frontier no frontier, frontier.
0: no yeah, yeah it was frontier so we're taking frontier from philly to denver oh. And there was a crazy storm that was happening and we thought the flight was going to get canceled. Like we didn't know what the hell was going to happen, but they're like, Nope, we're, we're taking off. So we're on a plane. There's like torrential downpour, lightning, thunder, all of the above. We're up there probably two or three hours into the flight. Next thing you know, boom, plane gets hit by lightning. And I'm just like, this is it. I'm like, Whoa. Holy shit. <laughs> That's one hell of a way to go out, I guess. But like, that was the only, we land in Denver and, like, first of all, this is, like, probably, like, whatever. Frontier Airlines, like, the most uncomfortable airlines you'll ever probably fly in your life. But then second of all, I'm so first of all, I'm just, like, I need to get off this plane because it's uncomfortable, too. I'm, like, wow. I've never been so happy to be back on ground. Like, maybe I don't need to do this flying thing as often as I am right now.
1: Have you heard of the um, the multi- multiverse theory? Uh, which one's that? Uh, that there's um, a multiverse for every – basically, that any – at any given point where there's a certain situation where there's a thought idea or an actionable event, any, just, you know, when there's at any given point you break out your, your, your reality, breaks off into multiple realities or universes. Right. So there's a reality or there's a universe now that consists of when you got on the plane and when you didn't get on the plane. Right. But thinking about that same thing, what now there's a reality, what there's a reality where the plane got hit by lightning you're just in the reality in the universe where it made it to denver right there's still universe that plane never made it right so that's that whole kind of theory that um you know there's a multiverse out you know we're not just in one universe and that kind of you know everything splinters off and uh yeah
0: i actually i did read something about that and it's funny very similar sort of story not really um there's this book called trouble in the andes it's a it's, fi- it's non-fiction. It's about this uh, rugby team and they're flying through the Andes and they hit a, um, I guess it's the top of a mountain and the plane crashes and yeah. most of the people die. They survive. They, you A know, bunch of the people were able to find like civilization and find people and everything. But then I read a um, write-up on it that was like, well, actually, if you talk about the trans, is it trans-universal uh, theory? I don't, I don't know yeah uh whatever whatever you just said um, oh, my gosh. they they use that theory and they say well what if that plane actually in another reality misses it by like two inches and makes it to their destination there's a whole nother reality that's being played that rugby game gets played the next day and all the families are happy and safe and sound
1: yeah and it's nuts that theory is that like like your fingers right this is the plane this is this is the plane you're living in if you look if you have a, a, a open hand and you're looking at your middle fingers let's say that's that's the plane we're living in right and something happens, right? That plane, that plane crashes, right? Your like your your consciousness will go into the next universe where it didn't happen, and now you know you're on that next line, but you don't know that it's happening because hell, you just don't know. It's,
0: just... Right. it's like the Mandela theory too. Like oh, yeah,
1: exactly. Butterfly, <laughs> that's right. butterfly didn't the Mandela fly effect
0: a million years ago or whatever. No, that's it uh, be here.
1: I think you're thinking the Mandela effect. Earth effect, yeah. Uh, that's that's like the Bernstein Bears, right? Like, is it Berenstain or Berenstein? I remember Berenstain bears, right? Yeah, that's how I remember it too. Yeah, and yeah. it's not it, apparently, you know, it's, it's apparently not. And that's that thing that they're talking about. It's like our universe was destroyed. One, one, it's one of two theories. The universe was destroyed and we're just on the next timeline, right? Con- like the, the, the theory is that consciousness is energy and energy can't be destroyed. It can only be recycled into more energy, right? So the energy goes in the next plane of existence, which is this existence where it's actually the Bernstein bears and not Bernstein. Right? <laughs> so that's that theory and thought. Or, right? Or someone went back in time and changed it to Bernstein from Bernstein.
0: <laughs> the, the closest I've come to that is. Well, actually, we were in Mexico last year. We we went to the Mayan ruins and we're at these beautiful, it's called Chichen Itza. And they were telling us the story of how they used to use these huge, this was like a theory, that they used these temples to create energy. And it was their way of communicating with other life forms, like aliens and things along those lines. And so what I take from that is that like these Mayans and these aliens or aliens in quotes, and these other life forms are what we're on, what we're inhabiting um, the this planet before we ever did yeah. and so we're just recycling the things that they gave us they gave us all of these forms of energy and we're only working our way back up to what they had they were able to connect on levels with other life forms that we won't ever see in our lifetime dude. but maybe could happen again
1: i'm huge in the ancient astronaut like alien theory stuff and all that stuff it's crazy dude i, definitely- I love
0: i do so Two questions. One, do you, what, what? What are your thoughts on aliens? But two, do you think that they have aliens at Area? What no? What is it? Area sixty-six or area fifty-one? Area fifty-one. There we go.
2: So no, I don't. I see. What? I you don't I'm think that? that. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a skeptic. I feel like if they made it all the way here from wherever they would come from, how would they get caught by just you know a random government or crash? um i do i do think there's things out there but i don't know i don't know if like we have them that's like the biggest thing yeah
0: i find it funny. this is this is back to my america thing that like in other countries it's like uh why do americans think that old aliens have only come to america yeah
2: right <laughs> <laughs> but it's just wild. there are like sightings and like you know all throughout the world about stuff like that and um i don't know like don't even get me started on bigfoot uh, <laughs> Uh, on that i actually like believe that there's something like that but that's a whole nother conversation oh, Wait, you, uh,
1: you, you believe you believe in like, zoology like
2: bigfoot like monsters I, I i'm not i don't i mean hey no one like, disproved it right it's a thing right I don't
1: aliens know. too no one's disproving that <laughs> that's a thing
2: right so yeah yeah i guess i would say yeah i, I gotta
1: believe in aliens and no i, I, I agree I, I see what you're saying but who knows? <laughs> like it's yeah, funny. He,
0: he didn't want to agree. He, just did. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, he was easily persuaded. Um, no, so this, this is podcast I listen to. It's called Mysterious Universe. It's these two guys from uh, from uh, Australia, and they used to work in like the Australian government and all kinds of stuff. And they just they go through and talk about like different paranormal stuff, different um, alien stuff, through like religion and like all these different things, thoughts and ideas, and what you know the questions. Uh, the universe that we live in in reality and what you know what it all is. but <laughs> some of the stories they talk about are just unreal but so funny and they talk about things like maybe aliens are not really aliens, but they're interdimensional like what there's like because the human eye can only see certain you know certain wavelengths of light and there's stuff that can't be perceived. so what if that's where it is? What if Bigfoot, what? We're talking about big, big place on the earth from aliens and all all kinds of crazy stuff. It's pretty funny.
2: Now, could you imagine, like, what is it? What's that book, like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? Yeah. Or yeah. Could you imagine? I don't know. Just I don't know. I'm a big traveler, but just imagine like traveling like throughout space, just like the different places. And you know, say there are like aliens and like you know different civilizations, different planets and universes like all have life. I don't know. Talk about I don't know the, the backpacking trip of a lifetime, right?
1: Yeah, no, be...
0: it's like Guardians of the Galaxy,
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> right? Oh, yeah, I would love that. I always told my mom if if she had sent me to space camp before I was 13 years old, and before they got rid of it in Florida, that I'd probably be an astronaut by now. But that didn't happen.
0: I've always said that I want to become the president of the United States, not to actually like be the president of the United States, just to read like things about aliens that they have on like uh, huge confidential files and stuff, and like just see what what really is happening because it's that type of stuff that i'd want to know i don't actually like want to like govern i just want to know things well
1: my fiance her uncle i'll use a pseudonym um jimmy buffett um, (laughs) oh pretty big deal yeah he was a um a captain uh for let's just say a major um naval ship and uh he just retired but we had like very long conversation and he's telling me like he's seen some things and he knows some things, but he can't quite talk about some things. And it was, uh, hey, I'm not gonna give a lot of information over the airwaves here, but um, yeah, it's, I, you know, I think there's stuff that we don't know, obviously. Uh, and that's what makes you question, you know, anything. So, and there's evidence that there's something, but what is that something and where is that something? Whatever it is, it's, it's, uh, it's crazy to think about.
0: You also just triggered the government to the podcast. uh, (laughs) Bringing that up,
1: if you're listening to this, you know if and I'm not here anymore. You know where I am.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're taken out. Um,
1: yeah, but that's you know, it's
2: yeah, I think yeah, I think aliens and that whole thing is so wild. So like um, me and my buddies kind of always joke when someone like when you think of like UFO, what do you think of
1: aliens?
0: Well, I just think, no, actually that kind of changed prior. uh, Probably 10 years ago, I would have thought aliens. Now I just think of like the crazy ass things that could be flying. I mean, we see drones up there every day. Like
1: Mm -hmm. there's
0: things that can fly now that never in like 10, 15 years ago, we would have thought could fly. So now it's just like, Mm -hmm. I don't know what it could be. It's probably like, I, my first thing is government now, like government's like watching us some kind of spacecraft, something or other, but aliens are definitely an idea.
1: Well, is that, was that, well, to me, I took when you say UFO, not just like as a literal unidentified flying object, but in the sense that we were talking about anyways. Yeah, I was just, I, you know, I was just, I want to. Dude, going to school in Colorado is, is crazy because you, there's, there's no light pollution. And I went to college in Colorado and you see nothing but stars and, and the Milky Way. Like you see it in all of its glory and it really reminds you how small you really are. And, and that right there will throw you in a mind-bending existential crisis if you, you know, like to think about stuff. You just sit on the sand dunes and like realize that you, you, you see the piece of sand on the floor, and that's what you are compared to everything else looking up or even smaller.
2: So, if someone were if someone was like, "Hey, um, you can come with us to our, you know, our faraway galaxy, a distant planet, but you can never come back." Would you take the chance?
1: Absolutely not. <laughs>
0: um well no. no, actually this is funny. I I'll just I just it. started this um have you guys heard of the Heaven's Gate cult? Oh yeah. I just started the documentary about them. And so that's basically what they pitch these people. They're like, um, you are gonna be taken to heaven by these aliens essentially, but you have to like come and join our cult. Um Ron, you can correct me if there's anything wrong. I just started it. And um so they're pitching this like all up and down the West. Oh no, it was all over the country, but they end up in like Oregon or something. And they start this cult where they're like aliens are going to take us to heaven, essentially.
1: Based off like what the Hale or Haley's comment or Hale comment or something like that.
0: Yeah, Haley's comment.
1: H- yeah. Uh, no, I haven't heard of that. I haven't heard of that.
0: Yeah,
1: but, it's crazy. But why? So, but I don't. Know,
2: I thought you all would be the cats that would say, "Yeah, let me come with you."
0: No, I I, no, if, I, I definitely might. Depends yeah, on who I can bring with me. It,
1: it, it depends if they're trustworthy. If you, if you lay out, you gotta, you gotta pitch me. You gotta pitch me why it's so great. And you have to promise me you're not going to kill me, slave me, or uh, take me, you know what I mean? Cause you, uh,
2: then you'll know, right?
1: Yeah, but then it's like, at what point, it's like, you. what if you experience this amazing experience? And like, now no one else can experience that. You know, if it's better, you know, if it's better, if it's so great that I need to be there, why isn't it great enough for anybody else to experience?
0: Well, it's like, what's, what's the worth of that knowledge? It's like, almost yeah. as though, like, what if I could travel to North Korea tomorrow? But, you might get faced with having to go to North Korean pri- prison or death or something along those lines. Like I would love to know what actually goes on day to day North Korea, but, or is the, the risk to reward? is just not, I don't, I don't, I can't fathom it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's not like, it's not like I can tell, like, what's the worth of that knowledge anymore. If you can't, what is knowledge when you can't spread that knowledge, you can't convey that to anybody else. Is it really knowledge? Or is it just something that you, right. Experience.
0: Right. You couldn't bring that back to like, if, the, if they say you can't come back then you can't bring it back here and be like, yeah. this is what I learned when I was taken away to the, and then you, if you can come back somehow, you're just the psycho who's like, I went to, I went to outer space. I got to do that, do the outer space thing. And then people are like, this guy is not like, let's institutionalize him and, you know, give him no health care benefits because we can't cover that.
1: That was actually an episode of the outer lim- or um, yeah, outer limits. Hey, so aliens out there, if you can hear me, um, let me come with. I'll gladly go with you. Right. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a twilight. It was an episode of the Twilight Zone. <laughs> aliens came down and um, they started. Like, they started doing it. It's like, hey guys, come with us. Like, we'll take you back, and you guys can experience everything. And it turns out they were just harvesting humans and they were eating them. Yeah. So was like, you know, no, that maybe was. Maybe I'm not into that.
2: Yeah, I was imagining some like benevolent aliens who had my best interest. Interest. You
1: never know. Yeah, Someone who I... wanted to
0: make you like their new king or something along those <laughs> lines. Like,
1: hey, we heard you're a good guy. Come on, come kick <laughs> in our galaxy. Yo, aliens, are, you right? <laughs> are you the Mark? Are you the Mark? Well, I mean, I think if there if there are aliens out there, right, you have to believe like we're alien to them too. we and there's there's not just like there's one set of aliens. I call. It, I always thought of it like it's like it's like Star Wars, right? There's not just one group of aliens, there's like multiple factions of aliens. So you're gonna have benevolent aliens, you're gonna have aliens who don't have the best interest in anybody, who wanna spread love and peace, or want to destroy the world, right? So you're gonna have different um, you know, these different things if, if that's the case.
0: I mean, it's like humans, like we we have like yeah. Hitler. And like evil people like that. I mean, I mean, I can only imagine it's very similar. I mean, it's the idea of social construct, right? Like we we all, whether it's our life form or another, fall into this social construct. We're where at the end of the day, we're all seeking power. And some people seek it much harder and much in a much different, more aggressive way than others. So I'm sure it would be similar had we experienced some kind of existential yeah. Uh, universe.
1: Yeah
0: like who I wonder like it could even be worse if you think about it I mean like so like Mark was talking about how he's a history buff like I have this weird fascination with like World War II World War II and the 60s these are the two things in my life like everything else didn't happen Uh, those are the two things I've studied in history my whole life and so like World War II like imagine if the Holocaust was happening in, on that planet what was that like how much worse was it how much better like who how was it affected and like do and the, this is the thing that I would actually ponder is does it happen again in their history right we we always say like history repeats itself but the holocaust is one of those things that like, we're trying very hard not to allow to repeat itself um, at least I would hope that we are trying that but it's like in this alternative universe that's probably a much older and more expanded than we are does history repeat itself and how often and in what kind of uh, capacity
1: yeah mm-hmm. maybe history repeats itself because it's not even like a a timeline thing it happened in the present it's going to happen in the past that happened in the past it's going to happen in the present or the future maybe it repeats itself because when we die we just revisit the same life and the same history is happening over again
0: Well, I do kind of believe that like we're literally living in like the sixties again right now on like a different scale. So like now, like, so like back in the sixties, like they didn't have like social media and things along those lines, but we're still fighting for like the same fucking things and it's kind of now exploring the same kind of mindsets that we were in the Mm -hmm. sixties. But at the same time, like now it's like on steroids because we have this form of communication where we can communicate with thousands of people at the touch of a button. And so can the next person next to you and everybody else who has an iPhone or smartphone or something so it's like maybe it's just like that thing that's repeating in history just expanded and that's kind of what what i've been pondering recently
2: yeah Yeah, that is that's really interesting to think about um and i think it's so analogous but yeah like that's like i think technology and like social media like it's such a blessing and a curse right
0: yeah i mean like we wouldn't be like doing this podcast without technology right but i say this every day and this is funny so my when i was working on the oyster farm right before it I got off of all of social media because before that I was a bit of a dickhead. Like I was that asshole uh, on social media and like, like the Nick Osella type, love the guy, but like, you know, (laughs) that type of dude, but like, um, and so I got off of social media, I deleted it all. I started writing a memoir, wrote like 300 pages of a memoir about being a college student with zero social media. I wanted like a flip phone at the time. I just want to be able to call people and communicate that way. And then like, somehow I get this gig, I start working in the lacrosse community, I'm at like PLL events, I'm like, gosh, I gotta like create social media and stuff again, but it's like, it's crazy, this just thing that we can allow, it's completely taken over my life, and obviously, it's my job now, but like, the expansion of it over the last 10 years is just crazy, it's mind-boggling to say the least, and like, something like lacrosse, I mean, lacrosse wouldn't keep growing at the rate it is without social media, I mean shit, like, kids are getting influenced by it each and every day,
2: Yep. Yep. Yeah. Social media is is crucial. Now you mentioned your memoir. I'm really interested about that. Yeah. Let's get back to that. Tell us about that. <laughs> We're
1: podcasting you. Tell okay, us about actually, that. So,
0: no, I love this. I love I love answering questions. Um. So this actually this comes about. I start writing it. I start. I came up with the idea. I called it logging off. Um. Before I start working on the oyster farm, probably like six months before. But then it's one of those days where I'm out in the hot sun just working sitting there and all I didn't have music I didn't have anything I just thought to myself it was like literally like all you do is think for six hours straight and I just start writing in my head essentially I'm just like this is a story that I want to tell Um, this is how I'm going to write it and so I start one one day I get off the farm I, I take a nap because I, I did that every time And I wake up and I'm just like I'm, I just started typing and I just started writing and it all starts it started off at a there's I love two bands in the world, the grateful Dead and fish. And um, they're, they're both like hippie dippy bands, um, jam bands. And like a lot of people like do drugs and shit at their shows. And so like, it all starts at this fish show where I'm with my buddy and we're just looking around and I'm like, why the fuck does everybody have their phone out? Like we're at this concert, enjoy it, you know, dance around, have a good time. And so we, I, that's where the story kind of starts. It takes off. And I remember just coming home from that show like staying up all night just being so bothered by it so bothered by the fact that so many people allowed what they're presenting to the world to control the way that they then viewed that live performance that's happening in front of you something that people used to cherish right like going to the theater or seeing a concert used to be this thing where like it was what you thought about for a week and you did everything leading up to it to really enjoy it but then these people are like they're just taking it for granted. They're, they'd rather watch it on their Snapchat story or Instagram story so that the thousands of people who can also see that get to do so. And so it's just like that, it just bothered the shit out of me. So I started, then the next morning, I like deleted all of my social media platforms out of nowhere. Like every, everyone was like, where the hell this could go? And, um, fast forward six months, I start working on the oyster farm I start telling these people that I'm working with who also pro- most of them didn't have social media. And if they did, it was like nature accounts and like things along those lines. So it was very interesting to get to talk to other kids because I mean, I was a, I was a college student at the time. It's unheard of. Uh, we're, we're in the most influential or influenced part of our lives where we should like everybody in college is on social media. Everybody's taking pictures. Everybody's posting their opinions. Uh, a lot of people get in trouble for it at some point in their life. And I'm, I'm just trying to get away from it. I, I wanted to live a simpler life. I was doing much more reading and everything along those lines. So I'm like, let me just start writing. So I just started writing and telling stories. And it, it got to the point where I caught up with where I was at in life at that point at school. And then it was just like my day to day, like what, what was the difference between the day that I had today where I went to class and I opened up my laptop and I wasn't looking at social media while the professor was talking or I wasn't like completely getting distracted by it. And It was really interesting to see because I was never hyper aware of this until after just looking around at my peers who are constantly like it's it's there. There's a theory that I read about where it's like we now don't even look at the things we're doing with our thumb when we're on our phone because we know where everything is. So it's like when I open my phone, whether I want to look at Instagram or not, it's like the first three taps that my thumb does because I know that I have to look at like the signature lacrosse DMs to make sure we like check them or whatever it's like i don't even think about it it's just the thing that my thumb does
1: it's just hardwired (laughs) exactly now
0: we're all programmed from and now we're just starting at a younger age where this idea of constantly being in front of a screen is is normal we we and we we don't know the long-term effects of this yet obviously because it's so new to us but it's like we're constantly and and this is this is also i i went through a really big thing where i I wrote like a lot about this was this idea of instant gratification in our life and if we aren't seeking instant gratification at all times through social media how do we get it how do we look at ourselves and be like damn you're great today um whether it be working out whether it be taking care of your diet whether it be this or that or the other thing because nine times out of ten when you meet a college student now they get instant gratification by getting likes by getting retweets by getting the things that the gratify the uh, compliments that their peers give them and by taking that out of your life, how are you getting that? Because it is like a drug. It's something that you're addicted to. We're all addicted to it. It, it, would, be, it would be more weird if you weren't seeking some kind of uh, gratification or understanding in your life. So if you don't have it in that form, how are you doing it? How are you getting that in your life? And I know for me, it was like, I, I started focusing on my grades at the time. I was like, I'm going to write this paper better because I want to know that I did a good job on it. And I started focusing on my relationships in life, my friendships, my the things where I got to spend quality time with people. And I wasn't looking at the phone and I was like really taking in everything that they were saying and giving to me. So, I mean, it it was a big, big uh, really just step in that same kind of journey that I was taking where I was just like, I don't need I don't need that anymore. I, I was making myself at the same time look bad all the time because i was constantly calling people out and talking shit and i just didn't need to do that i still do it now i've kind of fallen back into that <laughs> rhythm it's horrible i need to get back out of it but it's it's something i do it much less now and I, I try and bring a lot of love and like funny yeah. and good stuff to the timeline but like yeah it's it's crazy it's um that was i was awesome and, and so i wrote this whole thing i had probably probably 250 300 pages or so done and one morning i Wake up! My laptop is uh not turning on. Like just black screen. Tried everything. Took to the Apple Store. They're like, everything's gone. Like everything on this laptop is not there anymore. And next the, thing you know,
1: maybe the world wasn't ready for the truth of herm. Uh, maybe and well, <laughs> no, it's like
0: the parallel universe i or not parallel. The trans universe theory. It's like maybe that laptop was alive in another realm, and somebody's out there reading it right now. And, Getting educated.
1: Yeah. Oh totally. Maybe yeah. I'm like a
0: philosopher in a different life. <laughs> that has taught you guys that social media is a bad thing.
1: Yeah. Or I maybe Go ahead.
2: No, I think it's also like timing is everything. Like, you know, like yeah. you fin like you finish it or you're getting to I guess were you close to finishing?
0: Yeah. Oh well me close to finishing yes had somebody else read it they would have been like no we need to cut like half of this because it's just like <laughs> random bullshit and <laughs>
2: hey, maybe you to... just needed to get your you know get your thoughts on paper get your your voice out there
0: that's so true there was a lot of nights too where it'd be like crap go like a bunch of beers and like then just start typing and that's that's when like the more wild opinions and ideas probably came out but hey it, it worked and um no it was it was a great time and i mean I think that at some point everybody should do something along those lines. I, I know now I journal, like I, I, write every day and stuff like that. But I think that having that kind of grand writing piece that I was working on was, was really important to like yeah. the development of that point mm-hmm. in my life. And uh, I felt like, and you know what too, is I think this is, so my sophomore year of college, I tear my labrum in my right shoulder. I can't play sports anymore. Like I'm hurt. I, no team sports for my entire life up to that point I played sports all year round every day and so I needed something to kind of take up that time and really you know be a sense of accomplishment because without that I was sitting around playing video games and going to class and this is like when Fortnite was new so it was like (laughs) it's all I did (laughs) from you know 4 p.m when I was done class to 3 a.m when I'd go to bed so it, it was it was it was really interesting but yeah, I didn't need that in my life.
1: That's good that you found something like that. I mean, I think we all need to disconnect and we all need to be grounded. And I fall into the trap too. It's like, I'm on social media a lot. And it's, it's become less like, I'm not, I don't want to influence people and I don't want to be influenced, but I have, you know, from my story and what people know of me, people are always asking me questions and they're always asking me how they can do something and how, you know, and so I, I stay there to try to help people because I know I wish I had that when I was, you know, younger wanting to get to where I want to go, but I wish I could just disconnect and, and just throw it and say to hell with all this stuff. Like I think my favorite and the one experience I've had in my lifetime, that's like the, oh, wow moment that like life is so much crazier than what it is. is I did a mushroom trip in Amsterdam and that was the most life changing, mind altering, Uh, no pun intended experience and it really opened me up to be aware of so much more and ever since then my awareness of of things around me have become more important outside of electronic you know landscape
0: yeah yeah no i i can get with that mark do you want to say something
2: yeah i think uh kind of like similar like i get that through like travel and for Uh me like for example like just think of any place you go that's new I feel like time kind of slows down. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. when you're in your routine, you're like, oh, man, time flew. Where'd my day go? But I feel like when you go to new places, because everything is so new, you're just taking it in. You know, oh, shucks, that green is the greenest I've ever seen. Right. Um, Yeah. And then, (laughs) yeah, you get like, it's kind of. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I feel like because you're like kind of slowing down and like noticing like these new things in your environment. I feel like time kind of, like, slows down, and to me, that, like, makes me feel kind of alive, kind of about, like, the disconnect on my, like, 13-month journey. Um, I actually lost my phone, so I was, uh, I was like, phoneless for, you know, two months, and, you know, in, in Latin America, Mexico, <laughs> and Guatemala, and, like, I don't know, I feel like I don't know what everyone's doing back at home, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I, I'm just, the only thing I really have at that point is just my everyday life, my experiences, and I feel like that was so yeah, eye opening and
1: really that was relieving towards self development. Yeah, I bet that yeah. was relieving, huh? I bet that was relieving too. Like, like a, a weight, like you're able to exhale, like for a moment. I'm sure you were kind of like anxious without it for a little bit, but then like you just like were able to breathe and you forget about it and you're just like enjoying the moment that you're in. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah, that's right, all. yeah, exactly. I wish I had the pictures, but I, you know, <laughs> but um, yeah, I envy it's, that experience. It's uh, yeah, it's super. I don't know, it's just how often. I don't know, these days, losing your phone for a couple of days could really be, is, is really a blessing. Yeah. It's like, you don't have the kind of like any res- responsibility for, you know, the, you know, couple days that you don't have your phone.
0: Right. It's like, I think I often have to remind myself and I, I say this all the time. Like, I'm like, as soon as I quit my job and I'm like doing something else, I'm deleting every social media thing I've ever done. Cause I run like too many platforms right now and stuff like that. But it's like, I, I often find myself just not coming back to reality it's like oh wait i need to live in this moment right now like i need to take this in what the fuck am i doing with my life like and yeah no losing the phone is a great uh, great uh skill Uh, i i spend i do a lot of mountain biking so like every time i get out in the trails or something i'm just like phone staying in the truck like if i get hurt i'll figure out a way to like contact people but the phone's staying in the truck like i don't even want it near me Mm yeah
1: Mm -hmm. I told my fiance that once, once we get a house and once we like get established after we get married, that we're going to get a landline and (laughs) it's like the most mind blowing thing, but we're going to get a landline that way. You know, I mean, I think it's important that we, we're in a day and age where you unfortunately need some sort of travel communication as a cell phone. But if I want to just turn it off, it's like, all right, guys, you can just go ahead and reach me on my landline and uh, Mm -hmm. that way I can just cut off and just enjoy the family and people around me and the things around me and experience experiences yeah
0: yeah i need i need more of that in my life i mean part of the tough thing is too we we're all in this community the lacrosse community where now everything's online like yeah. everything that people want from you has to be online for some reason like you can't just call up someone and be like hey like for you guys it'd be like hey do you guys want to work a clinic it's like through an email and then through a dm and then post on social media like there's five more internet steps than ever before before it was just a phone call hey you want to do this put it in the schedule and you're there
1: and yeah that
0: that's that's part of
1: the draw from it yeah i think my favorite part about my relationship with mark and like outside of like training and everything and what we do is like we'll we'll text each other once in a while we have a lot of conversations where we'll just just call me up out of nowhere like ron how are you doing man i just want to catch up and see how you're doing and i love and it was like the best like 15 minutes because like you're not looking at a phone like communicating through cybers to the, the, the cloud right you're actually you just i mean granted you're not face face but you're still having that human connection and
2: mm-hmm. that's
1: one of my favorite things is nobody takes the time to have a phone call anymore and people need to pick up their phones more often and talk on them
0: oh yeah, yeah. mark you're the best kind of person i love well i do it occasionally with my buddies but I get, I get some of those phone calls once I'm like, thank you for calling. Like, thank you for just having this conversation. I mean, I started this podcast. It's literally called anybody and everybody. Like you don't have to have a platform. I will literally take anybody on the show because I want to know everyone's story first of all. And two, I just love talking to people. So if I can talk to someone for an hour, it's like, that's, that, that makes my day. That's, that's the best part of anything I'll do. So it's like, I I think that it's fantastic and I think that's also part of the social media issue though it's like people people often listen to podcasts I listen to a ton myself and it's like but other people like you're not big enough to get on a podcast you don't have thousands and thousands of followers so like if you need if you have a great story I mean there's people so many people out there who probably don't even have social media or two like have like 10 followers but have like an amazing story yeah. I mean like someone who uh, I had this guy on the other day Nick who who was born in Stockton California like he grew up in the hood and he was like it was crazy we had and i I, i'm very i was uneducated about california so i was like what how does it compare to like compton right you hear about compton california a lot and he was just telling stories and it's like that's the type of shit that i want to know nick has like 10 followers on twitter but that's a story that i think a lot of people would love to hear so i mean that's that is one thing that i do like about social media Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm. i can share those stories Yeah. yeah exactly like you can really be connected with anyone in the world really. And I think like, yeah, everyone's got a story. People are interesting. And I also on that kind of note, yeah, I feel like it's, I don't know, it's just so easy. You mentioned like speaking to people an hour, like, I don't know, like it's it's kind of, it can be easy to connect with people. Just kind of like given, given the chance, right? Um, Cause like, like you said, everyone's got a story and they want to tell it, you know, give, you know, listen for a little bit and then you'll end up like having a connection that maybe lasts a lifetime, right?
0: Right. I mean, like, somebody commented on one of my things. They're like, I think I was like, yeah, like, I'd love to have you on. He's like, I don't have a, like, I don't have much to say, like, I'm boring. And I was like, dude, no, like, everybody's got a story. Like, I promise you, mm-hmm. I can get a story out of you. Mm-hmm. And that that is one of my favorite things to do. Because, I mean, I think that, I think there's this weird thing that's come along in the last, it might even be because of social media, where people find themselves so uninteresting. And I'm just like, everybody has an opportunity to be interesting. You just have to sometimes talk it through. And uh, I think that that was that's missing in this world. Like, I I don't think kids anymore are in high school, you probably used to write like a, um, I know we did this, we wrote um, self uh, biographies, autobiographies about ourselves. But like, your autobiographies on social media, then it's not real. That's not the real fucking story. You're, You're painting a picture for people. And um, if if you don't do that anymore, then then what's the use? So everybody could write that autobiography. It's just a matter of facing it, and um, that's that's what I want. I want a f- people to come tell that story.
1: Yeah, and if you give that space, I think a lot of people. I think the reason why he felt uninteresting is maybe because he is on social media, and, and he thinks that there's so much more things that are more. You know, let's rephrase that. There's so much more. There's so many things that he believe or might believe are more interesting than his own thoughts, his own story that you know, that's what he indulges in. I and mean, not to say that's right or wrong, but you know, maybe that's why people find themselves so uninteresting because they're trying to become interesting, but they're so overwhelmed with thinking everybody else is interesting and the pictures that they're painting.
0: Right. Yeah. Like if you just look at my social media, you're like, wow, this kid got to be on the field at MLL games, NLL games, PLL games. He knows all of these big lacrosse players. He lives a huge glamorous life, but it's like, sure. I got to do all those things, but that's not me. Yeah. It's like you guys, you guys are professional lacrosse players. Everybody sees the beautiful pictures that you get taken of you because you're professional athletes, but it's like, they don't know that you get to talk, you like to talk about philosophy and look and travel and do all of these amazing things. And I think that that's kind of like the really interesting piece to, for me.
2: Yeah. yep everyone's got a story
0: everybody's got a story that that's what it all comes down to and uh you got i mean you got you guys both have great stories but um i i that was all that i had on the docket boys i uh
1: i feel like i feel like we can talk so much more about so much stuff but i think i think
0: uh i think we'll have to save that for a part two
2: yeah no i just i just gotta tell a quick story Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So when we first started recording, obviously I just froze. Right. So when I was in college, right, I took this acting class, took this acting class. I'm like, you know, it's an acting class going to be cake. I need to get better at my stage performance. We would have to, we'd have like five or 10 minute skits. I would get up there and just like freeze every Mm -hmm. single time. But anyway, um, that's my story about my huge stage fright.
0: But. Oh, is that what happened to you at the beginning of the episode when you kind of froze? There? Oh yeah,
2: totally. I was like, "Oh, really? My God, it's college again." <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: I, I did something similar. My um, so I go to boarding school. I went to boarding school for high school, and day one, I'm three days on campus, still like super shy. I'm just like this big goofy kid, you know, from South Jersey. You know, I didn't feel like I fit in yet. And my first class in high school is acting. So you have to take like three so it's three semesters a year. And um, first one, I'm in first class acting with um, this this loud, ambitious, he's since passed away. Um, his name is Harry. And he's just this big, very uh, flamboyant gay guy. And he's awesome. He's hilarious. And he's like, today, we're going to lip sync in front of the class. Each and every one of you is going to get up and lip sync a song in front of the class. And I was just like, what the fuck? Like, what is happening? Like, stage fright times a trillion and next thing you know, I'm up there lip syncing Girls by the Beastie Boys, because it's the only song with less than 12 lyrics <laughs> that I could think of on the spot. And um, let me tell you what, that that is very similar stage right now. I've done like, hundreds of podcasts at this point so um the stage fright's not quite there for me anymore but i'm glad you worked through it
1: hey but yeah. now give me on a karaoke mic it's a whole oh yeah thing. dude <laughs> once 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 thing starts to open up man you and i were really going to harvest downtown and we're going to rock that stage oh
0: yeah. <laughs> what's your go-to tune
2: oh always be my baby mariah carey oh, oh yeah okay hey, then you get the Overhead clap going, <laughs> yeah. you know, crown in it, like you know.
1: <laughs> I'm a I'm a big blues traveler guy, so I'll do I'll, I'll rock out on hook any given hook. day of the week. Yeah.
2: Oh
0: wow. Okay. Mine is uh, Will Smith, uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Oh. Hey, hey. The, that's, that's the whole travel. version, not just not just yeah, not the, feet the thirty the second. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's awesome. Before I we go I tried, though,
0: oh sorry, go ahead. I think I tried to impress my girlfriend on our second date with that.
1: Like, <laughs> oh. did, you crush it? did you crush it oh i
0: crushed it yeah we were in yeah, the car right. we're driving to uh Bringantine, new jersey we we're gonna go like sit on the beach and eat dinner or something and, I, and we were just like jamming out to some songs next thing i'm like you need to throw fresh prince of bel-air on the radio crushed it and i don't know if that's a one or over but uh, <laughs> i like <to> think so <laughs> that's
1: awesome i, was oh,
2: th- I love that
1: yeah I, yeah I was gonna say i gotta get out of here soon but the one thing i wanted to leave with before now it was I wanted to know, and I don't think I've asked you this mark yet, or and I know I haven't asked you him, but what, I want to know like again, what so everyone has their own story, everyone lives in- oh no i want to bully i want to know what do you believe is to be your universal truth? what's the one thing that you you know think is your your universal truth? what do you believe in? what do you wish others could believe in? What is something that is just like, yeah, this is universal to me. Whatever it is, thought, philosophy, anything.
0: Ken Kesey once said, "Man has the right to be as big as he feels it in him to be," and I think that that's something that I take each and every day into my life. I think that I'm a very um, loud type of person, not just like vocally, but with my presence. And so I I think that everybody has the opportunity to be as big as they feel it in them to be. And if you aren't doing that, then we can start working on it. Cause I think that you should love it.
2: Okay. I, that, I think it's a quote and I'm going to butcher it a little bit, but, Oh wait, wait, here it is. It's, I am human. Therefore anything human is not alien to me. I like that. Just because it's kind of like, you know, in a big vast world that we live in, um, you know, it can make it, it can appear that everyone's so different. Everyone's so different. But I think ultimately like kind of like your podcast, like you said, like everyone's I have a story and they, we can connect at least on some kind of level. We're all human.
0: Certainly. Ron, what's yours? Ah, uh, I know you asked the question so you could throw yours out there. So <laughs> I hope yeah. it's really good. <laughs> it's, really not, <laughs> it's really
1: not true. I believe it. That's not, that's not true. I, 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 I asked that to a lot of people cause I, I get into these conversations with people so often that I just, you know, I curiously wind up because those are things, the credos, you know, things that they live by and and what kind of what guides them. I don't know. So, but to me, like a universal truth to me is that, um, that when I I think the universe itself puts something in front of you, you know, people struggle every single day with whatever everyone has their own struggles in life. Right we don't see it in front of like the most interesting human being on Instagram doesn't show they're probably going through something. They, they had a struggle and like they had something, whatever it is, you know, and and you don't know what it is they're going through. But to me, my, my whole thing is that um, I really think that struggles are put in front of you to overcome and that uh, the universe and the, you know, whatever that be, whatever that, whether it's religion or, or God or the universe or, whatever it is that guiding force is uh, putting it in front of you to make you learn something. And that's just something we have to learn before we can move over you know, you know, progress in life, you know? So everything that we go through as human beings, it's a purpose. It's not, it's not for no reason. You know, mm-hmm. the, the most random things that happen, the coincidence is it all happens just because it was designed that way. Cause you need to learn something. So go figure it out. Right.
0: I love that, man. I, I love that. I love you guys. You guys are freaking awesome. Thank you guys so much for coming on the show. Um, before I let you out, and I know I'm just going to completely contradict myself with this. If you guys have anything you need to plug or want to plug before uh, I let you go, feel free. This, the platform is yours. If uh, you want people to follow you on Instagram, see your stuff, or you have a business you want to plug or anything like that, <laughs> go for it.
1: Uh, I, I just want to say I have nothing to plug. The only plug I want to give is unplug, enjoy life. Think for yourself, take a moment and just think, right? Think for yourself, step outside, take your shoes off, walk in the grass, walk in the dirt, stub your toe, feel, enjoy life. And 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 that's what it is to live. Just go live. I love it. Okay, I'm
2: kind of similar to Ron. I'm going to go, hey, yeah, time is the most valuable resource we have. So go enjoy it. trying to do, you know, things that you love yeah yeah that's gonna be it
1: so live, live a
2: happy lovely life <laughs>
0: exactly yeah. like uh like your uh teammate scotty uh ratliff would say give out get out and give someone a hug today yeah uh, hugs not high fives so uh this was fantastic gentlemen thank you guys so much for coming on the show and we're gonna have to do it again soon because yeah. this was a ton of fun and uh yeah take it easy guys
2: take care man